actual fact, yes, we can say it's okay to be part of an industry that's growing. Wonderful. Mm. But can we tell the truth so that those who come behind us know the truth mm -hmm. and also know the danger so they can protect themselves? Yes. Yes, it's okay to do what it is that you want to do with your body. Great. Mm. But for a child who is 18 years old, is on your social media 24 hours a day, and you are lying about everything that you are. Yeah. Yeah. Label line with the podcast, teach you lesson cause I got class. Label line with the impact, you be lying, that's a real fact. Come let me teach you with us, come let me teach you with us. Label line with the tweets, follow me back to my nest. Welcome to the Level Line Show, the biggest marketing and entrepreneurship podcast on the African continent. Guys, today's guest is somebody who, to me, embodies audacity. You know, she's literally brought herself up from from i don't even know where to call it because her story is so insane like once you hear her story you'll ask yourself how is this person achieving so much after everything that she's experienced so let's not even go even further with this introduction i want us to have a conversation with our guest and as you guys know on this podcast we ask our guests to introduce themselves so miss oh jackie Pamudze, please introduce yourself <laughs> that is so hard to do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm a writer. Yes. I run a publishing company. Mm. Um, but I'm also a student. I'm studying criminology. Um, so that's where I leave it for now. <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm sidetracked now. Criminology? Yes. What made you decide to get into that? Shoot. Just my own personal story. Ah. Uh. Because I, I grew up in a very abusive mm. home. Um, my dad was in the army and then later on transitioned, went into mining. So there was a lot of post-traumatic stress, um, remnants of abuse, mm. different kinds of abuse, financial, emotional, physical. Um, and I just grew up in a very, very strict home environment. Mm. and. Later on, I went to study at a boarding school. The, the, that place on its own has its own dilemmas and, yeah. and qualms. Um, but the one thing that made me think of criminology was my rape. Mm. Because I was not assisted properly. Yes. And now that alone has brought forth so many things in my life. Yes, it's the studying and also the topics that I choose to write about when I am writing my books or speaking mm. about. Um, yeah, so it was a, a gang rape when I was in matric, just before our matric final year. So it's just before the exam, so most probably around July. Um, my friends and I went to a club in Bloemfontein and yeah, I don't even know how to explain this. <laughs> it still gets a bit weird to sort of um, think of the day. Yeah. yeah, some days I, I can, some days I can't. 
Uh, maybe today is one of those days where I just can't. Yeah. Um, but we went to a club and we were drinking. Um, we didn't have money to buy our own drinks. So obviously at some point, some guys were passing on drinks to say, oh, drink this, drink that. Mm. Um, I then proceeded to go to the bathroom at some point and I asked the girls who were in line at the bathroom that is there another bathroom because you know how girls are when in clubs there's always a stream of uh, this long line mm -hmm. where you just think that okay I'm going to pee on myself at some point if I don't get the bathroom so there was a, a black lady who I assume was around 30 or 32 and I thought that oh well I have seen her around the bar area so most probably she works here mm -hmm. so I couldn't trust her she came over to me and said, I see you want the bathroom. There's a, a bathroom that you can access upstairs. Um, we went upstairs and as we walked in, I could see that there are cubicles. Mm. So there are doors, many, many doors. And she chose a door and she, we walked in uh, and there was a, a, a leather couch in the room and there was a little small bathroom in the corner. There was a bar area just behind the couch. And I didn't think much of it, and my intention was just to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom, and as I was sitting, you know when you're a first-time drinker, <laughs> everything feels big, and mm. you feel nauseous, and the loud noise, and you're like, okay, most probably I'm going to vomit. And I, I then told her that I really feel horrific. Is there something that I could drink, possibly, because I don't want to embarrass my friends. This is the first time I come here. So I don't want to be vomiting and I really feel bad and I don't want to say I want to go home as yet. Mm. She says, no, don't worry. I'm going to bring you something. She goes out and comes back, literally most probably a minute or two, comes back and then she hands over two pills. She gives me the pills and I just look at them. I'm like, well, an aspirin wouldn't look like this, but anyway, what the hell? And I drink. And I remember coming out of the bathroom and she said, no, sit on the couch for a little while just so that you settle down. I sat and um, less than 10 minutes really, if I were to honestly count, I would honestly say it's less than 10 minutes because I started feeling numb. Mm. I couldn't feel my legs. I couldn't, mm. I couldn't feel any sensation in my body. I could still hear and see, mm. but uh, my skin felt very numb and I couldn't move my limbs at all. And I tried to articulate this to her, and she said, no, you're going to be fine, don't worry. As we were speaking, she sort of dis dismisses me quickly to go out, and she comes back with two guys. And they have a little conversation, and I could see the conversation was about me. You know when you're in a room and you see people glancing at you, and yeah. but you really can't take in what they're saying? Yes. And But I knew in my spirit that they were talking about me, and... She spoke to them for a little while. They exchanged pleasantries and I don't know what else they were saying. But then she left. When she left, I heard the door lock. You know, you can hear keys, oh, especially if keys no. are together. And there's like a sort of a, a batch of them. So you can hear her lock. So I could hear the keys turning. And then the guys, one of the guys said to me, well, we are going to show you how a woman 
is cheated and we're going to make you a woman. But he said in Kasasoto, because it's free state. And I just froze. And I, I was like, no, most probably I need to say something. I'm not even supposed to be here. I was just came here for the bathroom. Maybe they don't know that. So I need to say that and express it. But because of the pill, I couldn't really, really say much because I was like, muffling my words mm, mm, mm. and I was numb and words just couldn't come out as quick well I thought they couldn't come out because I couldn't even hear my thoughts properly but from there on things just went south they just proceeded to rape me um, well exchanging oh, um, and then most probably a couple hours later because they would take breaks and they would drink alcohol in between as I'm lying on the floor naked um, I know I had bitten my tongue open I had bursted an eardrum and my my shoulder was dislocated because I was on the floor and they had twisted my arm that's why I have tattoos on my right arm because my right arm is the weakest arm and it gets numb, numb very quickly so as a way to restore mm. my arm, I have yeah. tattoos that symbolize a lot of things on my arm. So, sorry, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but um, later on, the lady came back, opened the door, and three more men came in. No. Yeah. Three more men came in, and they all started over again, raping me over and over. Ah. Whew, yeah, today is one of those hard days. Oh, my God. Okay. Tissue? Um, yeah, today's one tissue. of those bring you some tissue. And you know, I mean, it's so brave of you to share the story over and over yeah. and over again. I can't even imagine the kind of trauma that you go through just uh, telling the story. Mm. Listening to it is hard. Flip. Imagining it is hard. So yeah, like I can't imagine what experiencing it I think, I, I think I got used to the memory of it. Mm. Um, I know how to isolate the memory. I know how to isolate the sounds, the smell, um, places. I don't, I don't do clubs. Um, psh, don't do lounges. Anything that has like extreme loud music, I just don't. Mm. Um, also just security reasons and also I'm scared to get spiked again, all of those things. Mm. Um, but what what hurts the most is what it did to my spirit because every other man became a rapist to me um this also includes my dad because and i'm, I'm really sorry to say this about my dad because I, I i dearly love my dad yeah i respect the work that he did in the army the respect I respect what he stood for in our family. I respect what he is now in our family. But at the time, because of his abuse, when that happened, everything around him became my experience. Mm. Um, even his bold voice, his tone, his mannerism, his cologne sometimes would remind me of my rapist. Because you remember back in the day, Men used to use almost the same scent, and this was brute. Yeah. I hate brute <laughs> with my the essence. Worst. Yeah. I agree. So at that time, a lot of people wore brute, and brute would be the, the lingering scent in, mm. in, in my memory, and I hated it so much. And he would go into periods where he would use brute, and I would literally cry at every 
almost every sniff or whiff of smelling that thing. Mm. It doesn't matter where I am. I'm in a taxi. If I smell it, I start shaking. I'm crying mm. and I hear voices in my head. And I would literally run out of a taxi if I smell it or a bus or a train. So that happened. Um, went back to school after that whole incident. Wrote my matric, passed, and moved back to Joburg. Um, you never told anyone. My friends knew. Three of my friends knew. Um, but also, us reporting that was extremely hard because there was a day when we were walking in town. And we were going to the bank. Remember when we were younger, we used to have these FMB cards that had the Bobai. <laughs> yes. And then <laughs> back also remember had those. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, those little the cartoon cartoons. cards. Yeah. Yes, cartoon cards. So I remember actually holding my, it was a standard bank cartoon card. And I looked at my card and she said, girl, you don't have money. Well, what are we going to do in town? I don't know, look at the chips, you know. So every time after like a netball match, we'd go in town and um, buy chips. So that one day we were walking in town, we're going to the ATM and we were just laughing. And she looked at a poster, you know, you know these political campaign yes. posters, these yeah. A1s yes. on the walls, on the poles and yeah. stuff. I, I saw her sort of looking at it for a long time and I looked back. And I saw my rapist on that thing. Oh, my goodness. And she said, isn't that guy the same guy who was in the club? Mm. And I remember staring at it for a very long time. I said, you remember his face? He's right there. Um, and how they know this is that when I was in that room, I dragged myself towards the stairs after this whole ordeal was done butt naked and one of my friends came yeah, came and put a jacket over me and as they were doing that the guys came out <gasps> of the room so they no glanced shame. at them yeah they didn't care so they glanced at them and they were just like whatever and then they walked up and mm. walked away so she captured that image at that moment to say i remember that guy is the guy you were in the room with so i guess i have a very a peculiar question to ask you know when i see people speaking online they tend to make excuses about rape so they'll say but it's this world is so challenging for men they don't know when they're raping somebody because you guys say rapers you know just looking at you as rape or just touching you we never know anymore men are victims you know i mean those guys saw you, you were naked in a public space and you were clearly distraught do you think they looked at you and thought oh, we just raped her, or they thought this was a prostitute, we paid for her, so she can, obviously prostitutes are like this. What do you think they thought? In that environment, there's two scenarios that are at play, mm. right? There are people who sell people unknowingly, mm. right? So they buy into what's been sold to them prior without the um, victim's knowledge. Mm. They don't know, honestly, that that was not consensual because of the environment. It's a club. Um, so that's why I say two different scenarios, right? So that's the first scenario. They go to a club to go buy um, sexual services. Mm. They are given that without the victim's knowledge. At that moment, 
I don't think they knew. But when you were screaming, when, yeah. I mean, so ha, let me put it this way: they go and buy, right? Because they are prone to buying in mm. that place. It's mm. what they are accustomed to. It's what they come for, right? Mm. The person, the lady who gave me the pull, that's where the problem starts, number mm. one, right? She knew I knew nothing about mm. her business or whatever it is that she's doing there, right? Whether it is um, trafficking or selling people or prostituting, she knew what she was doing, number one. She put me in a position where others would exploit that moment. Mm. So when I was crying, some men take it as it's part of the act. Yes, because people get aroused by different fetishes. People get aroused by people crying, by strangulation, by fighting. That's why other women also say, my man doesn't love me if he doesn't beat me. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so that's why I say different scenarios, right? Mm. So in that moment, they probably thought it's part of the act. So they will do for they will do as they please because they had paid for the service. Sure. Because there's many other people who go to clubs and prostitute themselves. Mm. So maybe they didn't know. Mm. And if they did, that's a sick human being knowing that you are raping. Mm. So that's why I said two things at play. Then the second one would be, you made a decision to be there, so whatever happens is still your fault. What? So they accept it. What does that even mean? Yeah. So men and society have this thing that what you wear and how you present yourself gives gives other people leeway to act upon what you wear. So my environment at the time almost gave them in their heads consent to say we are here to do this this is what we do all the time and you are here and you're part of our little shenanigans so you'll be our gimmick Mm. so you shouldn't be here if you didn't know what was happening here yeah so yes if you know that you're raping someone that is a twisted sick mind Mm. if you are in a sexual act with someone who is clearly screaming and shouting that is the moment where you should know that uh uh-uh, this is not a game anymore, this is not fun. Let me speak to this person, do they even know what's happening? They didn't do that. They didn't even ask me anything. They, as a matter of fact, they they almost knew that this is gonna happen this way Mm. because of the strategy the woman used in the beginning. Mm. Because if I was of sane mind and I was not drugged, I would have been able to say what I needed to say and fight my way out. Mm. But because I was numb and I'm sitting on a couch and I'm drowsy and I can't feel my body, there's little I can do. Yeah. So the men can equally also say, you never said anything. Screaming and shouting means nothing in the club. Everybody's screaming and shouting in a club. Oh my goodness. Like, it's so hard for me to understand that because they took it to a level that for me isn't about caring about somebody else's humanity you know once they dislocate your shoulder that's violence it's no longer just a fetish that proved it was forceful exactly proved it was forceful Mm. because they shouldn't be hurting you to that extent so i really struggle with this idea that a man doesn't know you know and it's a group of men yeah and it's a group of men and they're also in positions of power yeah 
uh, they know they shouldn't be doing that to begin with. So it's yeah. very confusing for me. And the narratives we see online when people say, it's really tough for men right now. GBV is, you know, stressing us because then we're all terrible people and we're really not. Some of us are good. What do you think of this whole men are trash conversation? I honestly don't like it mm. because I feel like who are we to turn our backs on our own without assisting? Mm. And this goes for any other kind of narrative around men. Mm. Because if a man is suffering from something how do you stand in front of them and say, in your suffering, you're trash? Mm. How do you say that? <laughs> Would you say that to your dad, your brother? In your suffering, in your pain, in your mental illness, you're trash. Is mm. that what we say? Yeah. Instead of saying, where are the healed ones to help us make them understand that they are doing us wrong? Mm. So where are the other men are supposed to guide these other broken men you know um there's a lot of men who will say no they're not listening no we have tried you have tried what where are the male conferences where are the male psychologists who deal with other males where are the male doctors who are assigned to male issues mm. where are male organizations and shelters where are those when men need help I don't know of a place that is designated for men. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I know all these shelters where women are helped and children are helped. If my dad, at the point where he was abusing my mom and, and the rest of us, if there was a place we could literally physically take him, mm. it would have been better. Yeah. He didn't know that. And we must f remember that, yes, Women can speak, we are emotional, it's great, we can do that. But when did we give men allowance to feel what we have been feeling? Because the moment they say something, we push them and we push them and we push them, even to places where you like, yeah, that was more of, more revengeful than anything else. Mm. Instead of you say, did you really help this person? Did you really care to understand? Did you really care to hear them out? Are they centers that can rehabilitate them? Mm. When they leave their work environments, where do they go? Mm. They go back to women. What is the woman feeding them? Are you trash, trash? Is that what we're saying every day? Mm. So we must come to a place where we change our language. Yes, we're angry. Yes, we see GBV. Yes, we see all these other things, femicide and all these other things. We see it. Mm. But when we see it, where do we redirect them to? Are we just say we're turning our backs, they're all bad, yeah, psh, it's a South African men thing, it's an African men thing. Where are they supposed to go? When, for an example, if, when my dad was hitting us, and if at some point... As in your dad was violent? Beating, yes. For no reason? Yeah. Okay. In that moment, if his dad or his brothers came and took him, mm. where would they take him? And would he be in a position to also accept the help? So that conversation must still continue in our brothers, in our partners to say, 
when we see that we are, they are hurting, where do we take them? Mm. So now this is the role of the men to s establish environments and places where they will go. Yeah. Because we tried for ourselves to do conferences for ourselves. We go to doctors, we go to psychologists, we mm. talk to our friends, we do this. But what have they established for themselves? So I don't believe in the narrative that men are trash. Mm. Um, we have female serial killers. We've got <laughs> female narcissists. We have all these things that we can also say, but females are also very toxic. And that's a conversation we don't want to have, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I mean, your story literally shows both sides, right? Mm. A woman drugged you. Yes. It was not the men. It was not. How do you feel about women? Because that's the person who put you in that position. It was a woman, a mm. sister, somebody who looks like you. No, do you it, trust it, women? It's modern women. Modern women now yeah. are comforted by money. So they will do anything for money. When she drugged me, she knew she was getting her bag. Mm. Whatever happens to me, she doesn't care. And it happens today in clubs in people's homes, people visit, do house parties, the friends drug the one friend, they go on Ubers together while they, somebody's having a drink in an Uber, there's five friends and the, the one friend drops a pill in there knowing very well what's gonna happen when they get to their destination. It, it, it's happening and we can't ignore it. Um, we say we have friends, but we don't. We have allies of enemies that's what we have oh my god that is a very <laughs> controversial statement yeah. we have allies of enemies mm. yeah so do you, do you believe in sisterhood do you believe in feminism and are they the same thing sisterhood and feminism no okay feminism has been eroded mm. feminism was supposed to be equality for all yes not equality for one gender yes and now most feminists i'm definitely not a feminist mm. I'm from equality for all, but I will not call myself fe a feminist because the tone and the narrative of feminist is completely distorted. Yeah. Um, now we are sidelining females and we're saying, you are better than, which is almost the apartheid mentality that white people are better than. Yeah. This certain group of people are better than. Women deserve better than. No, we all deserve equal rights, equal opportunities. Mm. Um, no one should be perceived as higher ranking more than the other one. Yeah. As soon as these modern feminist groups come in <laughs> and say, oh well, yeah, women must be this, women must be that, were we designed to be that? Because most of the time when they do get to their peak, you see this backlog of emotional trauma because they're fighting what they don't know. Um, so I believe in equality for all and fair justice for all. Um, yeah, when it comes to sisterhood, yes, there are good groups of women. There are. Mm. There really, really are good groups of women. What I don't believe in is cliques. <laughs> what is the difference now between what did you say, sisterhood and a cliques? So sisterhood is the genuine nature of friendships, mm. you know, authentic, organic friendships that build people. Yes. Cliques are more of connection-based. <laughs> Groups of people who are connected purely because of money and prestige mm. and social standing. We're better than you clubs. Yes. Okay. You see it on social media with prominent wives. We're, it's a group <gasps> of wives. Now we are all friends because we are all married. 
You don't and our husbands are better than yours. Yes, <laughs> our husbands are doctors and what and what. And we've got cuter children than yeah. yours and our houses are nicer than yours. And we take, we go family, these yeah. group vacations. Those are clicks. Mm. No substance, um, no foundation, no common ground of understanding except um, monetary and lifestyle mm -hmm. uh, and borderline greed, really, because everybody wants a click to sort of grow br their brands, to have social standing, mm. to be part of social clubs. Without merit. Without you merit. You know, it's like, I'm growing because my friend is big. Exactly. You know, I didn't have to work for it. Yes. I'll just look like I did. I'll take five pictures, yeah. post it, and yeah. then 100 brands are working with me because my friend is exactly. famous. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it's those friendships that you see now, especially on social media, mm. where people are only friends with certain people because they are their bread and butter. Yes. Um, if you're not posting my product, you're not my friend. Mm. If you're not doing my campaigns for my product, you're not my friend. Mm. If you're not doing photo shoots that promote my product, you're not my friend. Mm. You know, if you're not on my podcast, you're not my friend. <laughs> if you can't, you understand what I'm saying though? <laughs> yes. If I can't bring you on my YouTube channel, then you're yeah. not a friend. But that is not sisterhood. Yeah, absolutely. It is not. Absolutely. You are virtue, you, you are friends because of a certain thing mm. money popularity fame and fortune mm. yet you don't care about the person's mental health you don't mm. care about their family you don't care about their careers if they're growing or not and if they're not growing you're gonna drop them that's what they do mm. you see every now and again oh we are announcing we are not friends when did we get there where mm. we releasing press releases about not being friends mm. you know um, if you're not posting when we are eating together, we're not friends. Mm. And if I don't post you, you are, you feel some type of way. Yeah. You understand? So that's more clicks. You see that also in um, feminism movements where the ones who are speaking out on certain things will not be part of corporate events. <laughs> Whereas you've got the popular <laughs> activists who call themselves activists by virtue of being on a cover of a magazine, yeah. but never really doing the real work. Yeah. They don't even know half of the shelters are in Joburg. Wh who's operating on what? How many people are there? What do they really need? Um, something as simple as, do you know as an activist where to get a rape kit for the people that you're helping? They don't Thank know. You. But no, we are activists because it's cool to put on our activists. social media. Yeah. You know? Um, as, as a title, it's almost like a badge of honor. I'm an activist. Where have you really done the work? Yeah. You know, do you know where NGOs are? What do they need? Who's running the NGOs? What type of funding needs to be done? How do you help them apply for funding as yeah. an activist? Because you are the connector between those who are in need and those who can supply the need. Yes. So you teach people about societal ills when these NGOs are unable to, right? Yes. They don't know half of these things. And most of them, they don't... And it also just, it pisses me off because those who are really doing the work are not getting the actual funding. The validation. And the validation. Yeah, because right? for me, funding is validation. Exactly. It's They're not getting the support. Mm. The influencer activists who are popular on social media, they can flaunt Amanda and Itugu mm. just for a little campaign. And guess what? They're the ones who are doing the Mercedes-Benz or APSA what? And you're like... Which, which yeah. shelter, 
which institution have you been part of in and terms for of how long? For how long? For how long? You know, um, <laughs> I can tell you from the days of fees must fall vets. Yeah, we were there. When Karaba Mukwena died, we were there. Absolutely. When the the um, now I forget names. The lady when you know who passed away at the post post office. Who oh got yes, killed. yes, yes. We were there. Yes. You know. Um, gosh, there's so many. When we marched to the JSE. We were there yeah. when we marched to Pretoria. We, that's years of work and yeah. countless work that also continues in the background. Mm. Things that we don't post. Mm. I am not going to always post that, oh, I have donated soap and pads. I'm not going to do that. But believe you me, I am there. But we also know people make money from this, right? Yes. So that's why they're showing it to us. Yeah, but then how <laughs> are you an activist? Exactly. You're not. Yeah. You're not. Mm. I think that's the culture of social media right now. Yeah, and corporate our society. more than anything else. Absolutely. We are all acting what we think society wants to see instead of actually being the change or the impact that society needs. What, um, what community can say you have changed? Exactly. Who in whatever community can stand up and vouch for your work? Who can say that? Yeah. But also, I have this theory that because we're living in a corrupt culture, mm -hmm. right, there is no merit, there is no accountability, mm. and everybody's desperate for money, for resources, and the culture of desperation is the norm. Correct. Which means that we idolize people who have more because we're desperate to have something, you know? Yeah. And then we start to celebrate those people, and we go, oh, but like, so what if she didn't earn the money? She's rich, so we must celebrate. Don't hate on her or don't hate on him. He's got the Bentley, <laughs> you know? Mm. Uh, we live in that culture, and I think that ties in so well with the messages you share in your book, yeah. right? What made you decide, Hore, I'm just going to start talking about this? Because it's dangerous. It is. It's dangerous to be writing these books that you have written. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what made you decide? Number one, you get blacklisted in yes. this industry. Yes. And it, that's a real thing, mm -hmm. okay? There are shows that I cannot go on mm. where the producers are told from the top that this girl is messing up with our business. We will yes. not have her here. There are journalists who are paid by certain people in corporate spaces so that I don't speak. Wow. So they would change the narrative of press releases and articles and say, well, it looks more like this mm. or we will do this rather um so number one you do get blacklisted um even at events where you go to an event where you are invited or maybe you are actually speaking and then the day before an event one of the people calls you and says well you really can't do this event because of some odd reason random reason, random yeah. reason. and then the following day you look at the pictures from the event and you realize oh there was one person who made that phone call, mm -hmm. you know? But I've never really been deterred by such things because when I started writing, my intention was not popularity. Mm. I really didn't care about that. Um, and I still don't. I, I don't care about being popular for being pretty, being hotter, mm. being fashionable, having clicks. I don't have a click. I, I don't like mean girls. Um, I don't like those spaces. So when I started, I said, I'm writing my story and I'm going to write it my way mm. and I'm going to tell it how it is. I didn't have funds to even market anything, didn't have a team of people, I didn't have the support. I just literally took my own story and I was selling my 
my like my my book for my boot for the longest time for almost eight months mm. um, and my intention was to say there's something happening that we are all silenced about you know we are very quiet about it it's either we're silenced or we are silent about mm. it um, and I said okay Yes, we know that there are people who sleep their way to the top, granted. But what about the social injustice that happens to people who don't consent to such? Mm. Yes, we've got the right to make the choice who we sleep with, right? It's okay. No problem. Absolutely. What about those who are sold to an idea that does not exist, that results in human trafficking, in rape, um, in dragging? Um, there are people who wake up with no organs. You know, there's what? Yes, <laughs> organ <laughs> theft <Why>? is a thing. <laughs> people steal organs yes. to do what with them? They sell them kidneys to who? Who's buying bone organs? Marrow. There, there's a huge market, the global market, where people sell kidneys, um, corneas. If somebody's going blind, they take your cornea and sell it. Um, if somebody needs a kidney, a liver transplant. There are people with lots of money mm. and their partners are suffering. A mother is sick, a wife is sick, a husband is sick, and you've got a million rand to spare. You pay somebody to go get you a kidney because you can't be on the waiting list. Simple. And guess where they get it? From young girls in clubs, girls in restaurants, girls in varsity, poor boys people. and girls, poor people. The Even these shelters. Mm. Because they know shelters need money. They pay the people who run NGOs to say, okay, I need this by this time. We'll come get a girl of this nationality, this age group, and we'll give you half a million to run your NGO. Wow. And we are sitting here, we are quiet. Simple question level. There are so many and a lot, I mean a lot. There's over most probably over a hundred, hundred places that cater for young people, children and mothers, right? Mm -hmm whether it be a shelter, a clinic, um, people use their back rooms to house people who are dis um, displaced in societies, right? Yeah. When somebody parks a Range Rover at your gate and umagoko, you are in your 50s, 60s, you're running this little crutch. Like you're running a crutch of maybe 30 children and somebody parks their car in front of your house and says, I know you're struggling. Your little business is struggling. You're in the middle of COVID. You have no money. And in the next six months, you're probably going to shut down. Mm. Or your house is going to get repossessed. One of the two. I have 300,000 rand in cash. But I need one of those children. Oh. You do it once. You cry. You feel bad. A month later, they come up with a different offer. You do it again, you get used to it. In two years' time, you're a pro. Now you're able to even facilitate how women are kidnapped, how they are raped, what happens to them, how they take organs, all of those things. We, we tend to think South Africa is almost immune to this kind of crime. It's not. Mm. It's a harbor. Everybody in the African continent, before they go anywhere, they land in Johannesburg first. Yes. yes. For any type of business, they start here. So we are not immune mm. to criminal syndicates that operate in organs and human trafficking, sales, all of those things. 
we are actually the highlight of the business because we've got ports and borders everywhere mm. and it's easy to come in and out and yes going back to corruption and our systems when you look at our airports Vatrakluf is private but anybody can land at Vatrakluf if you've got money yes Lanzaria anybody can land if you've got a private jet you can land mm. that's money mm -hmm. so if people like Bobushiri can leave the country, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Do you see easy access? Exactly. Our borders to get in and out of Lesotho, Botswana, Namibia, easy. It's too easy. It's yeah. too easy. Mm. It happens like that very quickly. I mean, we're still struggling with illegal immigrants. Mm. People walk in and out like it's nobody's business. Yep. You know, people kidnapped on a, get kidnapped on a regular. We just saw what happened two weeks ago with with um with the lady who was kidnapped and killed two days later. Oh yes, yes. It happens every day. But now we look at the pop culture, right? Mm. We look at Slay Queens and the guys and all these guys who look great on social media. And then we, we asked ourselves, let's do a lifestyle audit. You're going to hit people in their studios here. Yeah. <laughs> let's do a lifestyle audit. Yeah. You are in the media space. Mm. You know how much brands pay for what over what period of time. Mm. Can you honestly tell me you are a millionaire <laughs> in your one year of influencing? Meaning, you drive a Range Rover, you live in Dainfern. Not Park. even Dainfern, yeah. Hyde Park. Hyde Park. Um, King, what's these other ones? Sandhurst yes. and, and uh, yeah. many others, right? Waterfall Estates and so forth. You are able to shop every week with no fail. Every event you've got a designer outfits, you've got a makeup artist on call, you are driving in private exclusive cars this is now excluding your private car which mm. is your range or whatever right you are at every event in a bentley a Rolls royce a what a what right and i'm not saying that influencing does not pay and mm. i'm not saying um other small businesses like hey businesses and makeup don't pay yeah. but we're doing a holistic lifestyle audit in terms of the lifestyle that's been portrayed on social media yeah. this is what we've been sold mm. to make us believe that we are less than because they make you see the greater parts of things and they don't tell you the truth of the excess of the funding mm. right so we see it we thinking Oh, the next great business move is influencing. Because in one year, you are on Forbes. Yeah. You are what, right? But in actual fact, yes, we can say it's okay to be part of an industry that's growing. Wonderful. Mm. But can we tell the truth so that those who come behind us know the truth mm -hmm. and also know the danger so they can protect themselves yes yes it's okay to do what it is that you want to do with your body great mm. but for a child who is 18 years old is on your social media 24 hours a day and you are lying about everything that you are and they aspire to be that 
mm-hmm. without knowing the reality and the sacrifice yeah. of the image that you're selling, that's a bit selfish. A bit is an understatement. Yeah. You know, that's a bit selfish. When I entered the industry, um, people would say to me, you probably don't have money because you never show us your Gucci bags and stuff. I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> okay, I have to have a budget. <laughs> yeah, I can afford my life because I have a budget. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to go buy Gucci like I've just got this hectic stream of money always flowing into my life. And That's the last not time how it I is. checked, Gucci doesn't do influencing jobs and exactly. stuff. They, Gucci doesn't pay you to post Gucci. Um, exactly. So my, my only concern is can we be truthful in educating young people about the pros and cons the same way we do in corporate right in corporate we do say if your boss is harassing you there's hr Mm. there's this there's that there's that right there are systems in place Mm. that can assist you should a rape happen at work an assault and so forth and so forth and now these modern jobs that are created, the evolution of modern jobs, mm. we forget to tell the truth about the reality. That's why it's so difficult for, for all of them to come out and say, so-and-so has raped me, so-and-so has abused me, so-and-so has done this, because they have sold themselves to them and it's difficult to retract Mm. from the actual sale. So you came in as a girlfriend, but now it became a trade exchange. Mm. I will sleep with you for a bag, an apartment, a car, and this and that. Therefore, I'll also protect your reputation. So I want to grow my business, but I will use your funding. Mm. That is a trade. It's not a relationship. So... People now are saying, no, you're saying all of these things because you're jealous. Nobody's jealous of anything. Mm. We all have a social responsibility to be dignified human beings who look out for people. Mm. And it goes back to the culture and the principle of Ubuntu. Mm. When somebody's hurt on the street, do you walk away or do you go and help? Mm. Now that we know that there are girls and boys who get peed on, who get... um, Oh, gosh. Shat on. Shat on. <laughs> um, you know, these different kinds yeah. of these things. Now that we know, how do we say, how do we teach them consent in those moments? Mm-hmm. And how do we also protect them should they want to come back? For an example, you go, you leave Johannesburg, you go to Cape Town with friends, like the sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Oh no, the clique, the sisterhood is better, <laughs> the clique. You go to Cape Town, you have a great time. Mm. One of the friends say to you, we're going to a penthouse, we're going to stay there, so-and-so-so's booked it, mm. right? You get there, you don't know the arrangement. Yes. You get there, and so-and-so brings 10, ten friends, beat that brings 10 friends. You have a good time, champagne, and everything looks great for the gram. You start posting day one. Day mm. two, they introduce the sexual acts. Mm. They're like, Oh, no, because so-and-so is dating Paul, you can date this one. It's just for the weekend. It's not like a real serious thing. Mm -hmm. They introduce all of these things. By the time you remember the power of your consent, the lines are blurred. Yes. There's drugs, there's alcohol, there's you not being in the position of power because it's not your trip. Mm. Then you are forced to say yes, yes, yes to whatever it is that other people are doing. Mm. You're the one 
who gets shitted on. You're the one who's made a fool. You're the one who gets raped. You're the one who's kicked out at night and left out because all the friends are dating this one big guy. You're the friend who has the morals, who keeps on saying, no, I can't do this. No, I've got a boyfriend at home. No, I need to study. No, I can't. And then they use you as an example. You're the barri. You're the, the barri yeah. of the group. How do we then protect that person mm. who did not consent to the evolution of this whole thing? Yeah. When everybody else has said, yes, this is my body, we can do it. Great, it is your body. How do we protect the outside and the underdog in this situation? Mm -hmm. And this is where now, where the books come in. Okay. Where people read the stories, where the information is given. Where can they get assistance when they know they need a rape kit? Where can they get assistance when they know they need psychological help? Yeah. How do they identify predators within their circles? How does our justice system fail us and how do we protect ourselves when failure comes, right? Uh -huh. So this thing, you see it unfolding within the story itself. Okay, so we have a lot of parents who watch yes. this podcast and mothers with daughters who are, let's say, between the ages of six, actually, to around 18. Mm -hmm. So that's a wide group. Yeah. You're talking about a lot of stuff. It's a lot. There are lots. There's a lot in the books, guys. Four hundred pages. Yeah, there's there's a lot. And Jackie has nine books, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, nine. Three children's books. There's three children's books. That's also a kitty series. Yes. And then I've got a tweet what I like, which is social media law handbook. Yeah. And then there's Liwa. It's an adult version of the kitty series. It's when she's already older, mm. but that deals with um, psychosis in women, mm. mental disorders that push women to kill their children and their partners. So that's There's a lot. A lot. You There's cover a lot. heavy topics, I right? Do. And I some do. might say you're lying. Some might say, how do you even know these things happen? So what I want us to do right now is for that mom who's watching and she's really not exposed. She doesn't know this Joburg you're talking about. Yeah. Right. And she's thinking, ah, oh, this is just a lie. Drama, drama, drama. Clearly, maybe in three sentences, what is happening in Joburg? And why do we need to protect our children from it? And how do you identify it? Um, I would not even just say Joburg. Mm -hmm. It's all the kids in South Africa. Mm. What are they exposed to and who are the predators? Yes. You know, um, for mothers who are sitting at home, it's important to know the world that exists outside of your children. Mm -hmm. Because that's where your children are going. Mm -hmm. When they leave home, they're going to a world that you don't know. And we, may, we fail ourselves by not informing ourselves and doing research. We only focus on, yes, we focus on petrol and low shedding, and, but s social ills are a real thing. Mm. There are people who live to prey on children and women. They, that's what they do, it's their job. They make money out of it. Yeah. But when we really sit back and look at how our country is unfolding and how crime is increasing and how comfortable we are to just blur the lines and say, oh, well, it's just young people growing, doing whatever it is that they want to do with their bodies. But how much of it is consensual? Mm. And how much do they really understand of the culture they're going into? Um, I think with with books and, and, and stories and researching, we realize that there's a world that we actually don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I started off the, the series with my own personal experience, 
went into academia where I'm exposed to researching, I'm exposed to actual stats. I go to police stations, I go to these shelters that I speak about. My activism is a real thing, mm -hmm. I do it. So I hear and see stories. I go to hospitals where victims are being kept mm. and you speak to them, what was the experience? What, why are you here? How did you land up here? How did you escape a, a human trafficking ring? How did you escape a, a drug lord? Mm. All of those, those things are real. They are not jokes. And no um, one's exempt, right? It ex doesn't matter if you grew up in Bryanston no, or Mamilodi. No. Whether it's Rosa Guve, yeah. Mamilodi, Tembisa, anyway, Kailisha, mm. it does not matter. Mm. Because in every little town or city or village, there's a perpetrator. Mm. Nobody can be exonerated from criminals yeah you know so I just encourage them to read the story for what the story is mm. not for who is writing the story I love that you're saying that because before we sat down to mm. speak I said to Jackie I feel like you're one of the most misunderstood people because the stuff I've seen about Jackie on Twitter versus the interviews you have on different podcasts and just your books even, it seems like two different people to me. Yeah. And I'm leaning more, not just because she's my guest today, but energies don't lie. Um, and you have a very good energy. You know, you don't come with this, I'm in charge, I'm Jackie Pomoza, look at me, or whatever the case may be. You just come as, this is who I am, you know? And I'm gonna be honest about my experiences and my perspective and that's all you know i don't feel oh, this lady and i feel that from a, a few people guys it, it happens <laughs> you know because we meet a lot of people so, on social media and stuff so jackie has this very calming energy but it's quite honest i feel safe because i don't think you're gonna lie to me you know why do you think there's such a difference in in your brand and how it's showcased so it goes back to how the books were introduced. Mm. I was raped by somebody in a political standing. Mm -hmm. Throughout that time, they have tried different ways. They're still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you they see them tried. on TV, do you? Yeah, like I see them all the time. Oh, wow, okay. Um, they have tried in many ways to distort the truth about my, of my existence. And this now infiltrated media, social media. Like I said earlier on, there are people who paid, who get paid to almost assassinate people's characters, you know? Mm. Um, and also, people themselves don't bother reading. They don't bother hearing people. Mm -hmm. They don't bother questioning. Mm. They question what's trending not what's truthful. Mm -hmm. And when whatever it is trends, they hold on to that as truth. And they carry that throughout. And they will never ever take the time to pick up my actual work and read it. Mm -hmm. And then analyze my work and question it. Mm. So I, I, I'm okay with people who criticize my work but criticize knowing the body and catalog of work. Don't criticize me because your friend said they don't like me, now you don't like me, by virtue of, right? Mm. Um, but I know those who are supposed to hear and read it will get to it. Mm. I'm comforted <clears throat> by those who took the time to understand me 
made sure that they circle understand me. They didn't leave my story hanging for vultures to prey on. Mm. So they went, they read the books, they, re- they wrote reviews, mm. they questioned the narrative, they questioned what I was saying, they compared, compared it to actual stats and things that were happening in the country. You know, there's so many news bulletins that speak of human trafficking. And we sit here and say, oh, it's not there. Jackie's making these things up. Oh, well. But then when Tabisa 10 happened, how many people questioned the medical practice and malpractice of a lot of people? Mm-hmm. Yet we still didn't want to hear it. Yeah. So I am not, not going to force anybody to believe me. Mm. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sit there and beg you to believe me. It, goes, it, take, it also takes me back to me telling my family about my rape. It almost felt like I had to beg them to believe me. Mm. So I'm not going to do that with the public and beg for their acceptance and understanding. Yeah. If you want to hear me, you'll come to a place where you take my work and read it. That's where my voice is. And that's where my voice is not distorted. Mm -hmm. That's where I say what I want to say. I don't believe in social media and the hype and the narratives and and follow this one for this one. And there's a lot of people that I don't follow purely because I don't want to hear them through the grapevine. Mm -hmm. I want to hear what they have to say. So I'll go and buy their work and and, and listen to, maybe if they have a podcast, listen to what they are saying. Not clips and seconds of what was told by somebody else. So I I I don't really care much for people understanding me. I care about those who want to know what's really happening and how they want to sort of teach their children and help themselves through many, many things. I mean, there's so many people who send me DMs and emails. Oh, I was dating this guy, this happened. Where do I get help? Mm. Oh, I Mm. went to this province, I need help. I, I slept with this person, I need medical help. Those are the people that I drawn to. That yes. is the whole intention of my writing to help those who actually really do want help. I'm not mm. there to help critics. There's nothing I can do for a critic. Yeah. Really, absolutely nothing. So That's very true. I mean, I found that in just engaging with Jackie's work. Um, I bought this book and I started reading it and I was blown away because you're a really good storyteller. Thank you. And what I like the most about your storytelling is how you're able to make people full individuals. You know, so you can almost imagine how this person sits. Yeah. You know, like literally to that minuscule kind of detail where you go, I can see this lady, she probably eats here. Yeah. She dresses like this. She probably smells like this. The pitch of her voice is almost like this. That's honestly what I get from just reading, starting to read this book. But that's um, what literature is supposed to do. Yes. We forget that this is actually literature. We forget it's not who's writing about it. It's, it's a story. body of work. It's mm. a story. It's something that's going to stay for years and years. And it's either you learn from it or you just enjoy reading, really. Exactly. You know, because some books only speak to you years after you read it. Yeah. So um, for you to even say that, mm. it's the art of writing. Yes. Are we even looking at the art of writing? The words that are chosen, the tone. Mm. Um, how South Africa is painted, Yes. Um, how black women are painted, mm-hmm. how black men are painted, who are the villains, who are, you know, 
just read the story for what it is. Yes. If it doesn't resonate with you now, it's okay. Yeah. Stories have a way of telling themselves later on in the when you when you have experienced life. So yes. certain things will click then. Mm -hmm. But enjoy literature for what it is, really. Yeah. The same way you can watch a series is the same way you can yeah. read a book and just enjoy yeah. it for what it and is. And there are people who are like, Jackie, I have no idea what you're speaking about, <laughs> but your, the, your sex scenes are the one. You yeah, know, exactly. There are scenes that I really enjoyed. I love this character because she's a boss girl. I yeah. like this one because he's handsome. There are people who just read it just for pure enjoyment and that's Absolutely. still okay. Yeah, it's I love that. Okay. So whenever we end off this podcast, yes. we have like a rapid fire oh session where I ask like a couple of <laughs> questions. <laughs> Just to see okay. if you're aware of the Twitter streets and, you know. So let's go into Are you ready? Yes. Okay, cool. The first <laughs> yeah. question, and I think this is easy. I mean, you're going to get all of these right, I think. I okay. Which tech billionaire threatened to buy Twitter? Ah, Elon Musk. There we go. You see, <laughs> not so bad. This one is very funny, actually. Which South African minister <laughs> proposed a glow-in-the-dark flag with 22 million rands? <laughs> I think that's the flop of the year. Uh, <laughs> okay, like it's the it's a flop of the year. Like it doesn't make any sense. Okay, um, which South African DJ has a name that's also a popular dessert? Dessert mm -hmm. or breakfast dessert? Oh, or black breakfast. coffee. No, DJ. Okay, dessert. Dessert. It's food. Uh, clues that it's a woman. woman. Very popular. She's big right now. I'm a piano. Oh, <laughs> ach, that cute little sweet baby. Um, it's it's what? She's um, not your auntie. She's not. She's not auntie. She's not Devil Gogo. She's um, Muffin. Is it Muffin? What's her name? <laughs> um, she she was Drake was hitting on not Drake. Yes, Drake, Drake was hitting Drake on her. Mentioned her. Yeah. Yes. Um, Oh, hold on, hold on. I know her. Come on. You do, and you really do. I know her. And I really like her. The um, opposite of aunt. Aunt? The opposite of aunt? What's the opposite of aunt? <laughs> Why? This, this question is plaguing you. Uncle Waffles. Uncle Waffles! Uncle Waffles. There you go. Yeah, Waffles. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Which social media platform's name sounds like time going past TikTok. there you go favorite place to travel in SA for you just for me George yeah. George why George? George Midlands why quiet private not a lot of people go there a lot of water activities I love water activities um, just also the scenery beautiful hmm. I love George and then Midlands for my writing I enjoy um, the landscape, I enjoy the people, I enjoy the culture, um, I enjoy just the little farms and, you know, yeah, it just reminds me of my grandmother. I love that. So, yeah. Okay. When I write, I go to places like that where there's horses, donkeys, <laughs> mountains and little cabins mm. and a little river there. Yeah, enjoy that. Okay. Who, in your opinion... This is very controversial now. Is the most successful female South African influencer? Hey, I wanted that other one. <laughs> that other one? Yeah, that one is cheeky <laughs> now. Um, and the other one is also cheeky because 
Ay. Okay. Give us your top three. Influencer. And we'll just take it down to Instagram. So we won't do all the other social media platforms. Just Instagram. Just Instagram. Top three. For you. What do these people really do? Let's see. Where I follow. Oh. <laughs> what do these people really do? No, because now it's becoming questionable. Really? Mm, and you want to be week... careful on who mm, you're picking. I get so, that. So, damn. Guys, Jackie's okay, genuinely checking. I'm really checking she who really I'm following. Is. I'm going through. Oh, gosh. Okay. She's not an influencer, but she's a business social media almost yeah she's a business social media person mm -hmm. who has grown her business on social media and that will be gorgeous in Bali. okay that's more business growing your business on social media so i wouldn't say she's an she's not an influencer well, she started off as an influencer. influencer okay yeah but people who run business on social media i would say it's her otherwise the makeup stuff i'm really not good with that i don't watch much of that yeah um and then i would say hmm guys or do you want to cap it at Mbali for now? Mbali. But there are many. It's just that I don't know the, the right names. Mm. Oh, um, Mpumi. Mpumi. The Dwaba. The Dwaba. Mm -hmm. Hmm. See, it's tricky. Also very <laughs> questionable. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's, we can okay, just cap cool. it there. Yeah. Let's cap it there for now. And last question, mm. Maya Angelou or Oprah? Oh, the queen, Maya Angelou. Why? That is the origin where yeah. Oprah comes from. So you can't... She's the OG. She's the OG. Um, because, number one, she was a writer. Mm. Number two, she... Black woman who stood the test of time in literature, art, and spoken word. Mm. Um also just being black mm. was the center and core narrative of who she was um oprah oprah is the mother for us now what was my angelo to her yes yeah um strong black versatile also very open about who she is mm. i like the fact that she knew when to stop mm -hmm. you know there are powerful women where you look at her and you're like i don't ever want to see your downfall so take a step back when you know it's time mm. and then she decided what she will give her time to i love that so those are the things that I look at when I analyze people that I call leaders. Mm. Are you a leader because you're put on a pedestal or you're a leader because you directed the direction and knew when to let go? Because our leaders don't know when to let go. Mm -hmm. They never want to give others opportunities. Um, so they sort, of, they sort of hog positions forever. So Oprah knew when to leave the Oprah show. I love that. That's such a cool perspective. Most people don't talk about chance, that element yeah. of her. To give other people a chance. Um, and it's unfortunate I don't see anybody who is taking up that step mm -hmm. to close that gap. Mm -hmm. You know, Even in, in, in our broadcasting platforms, I don't see a person who has a strong talk show. Yeah. Um, I don't see strong voices on radio. I see influences in radio. 
I don't Thank see. Thank you. Yeah, because it's having this conversation on radio would have been great, but there's no one who'll have it. Yeah, you get me. Yes, the content is cha has changed because you've got influences on television and radio. People mm -hmm. don't read, don't research, nothing. It's just talking. It's just talking, and they talk about what's trending online as if we don't see it. Yes, they don't give us anything new. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, I don't see anybody like that on TV. I don't see anybody like that on radio. Mm -hmm. We listen to music, we listen to gossip, we listen to what's trending, yeah. and then we listen to gig guides. Radio is gig guides. A it DJ is. comes in, tells you what they were doing um, in the past weekend, and then they tell you where they're going. Yeah. For two or three hours, they play music and make jokes, and they mock other people. And then you're like, for three hours, what did I learn from this entire thing? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I've moved away from radio. Um, I listen to podcasts, like proper po po business podcasts. Yes. Um, mind and soul, mind, body and soul podcasts. Yes. Um, affirma affirmation podcasts, um, tech podcasts, what's mm -hmm. happening in the world. And then there's also crime and investigation podcasts that <laughs> I listen to. Um, so, yeah, but... I do believe South Africa has talent. It's just that the channels where the talent is showcased is just rotting. Where you like looking at a platform, you're like, SABC One could have been yes this for the youth, but SABC Three could have been this for entertainment. Mm. SABC What could have been this for you know it's like radio. Um, you listen to one station, you're like, ah, you could have been something else. Uh. So. Yes, it's great. Now you've got online platforms, YouTube and private podcasts and so forth, where people are really speaking about the things that we should be listening to nationally. Yes. But we, you guys are getting closed off. Oh, of the course. Doors, big yeah. budgets will silence you. Yeah, they, they will silence you. <laughs> so that's the unfortunate part. You, but yeah. we thank you that you created this platform. Mm. So those, those, the people who want to listen to meaningful content have a place to go. So thank you. Thank you. Oh my God, thank that's you. so sweet. Thank you. Guys, I wish I could have this conversation with Jackie for like three hours because there's a lot to unpack. And I feel like we've just touched the surface. Yeah. So we need to have another, at least two more yes, please. Uh, podcasts. Um, but congratulations on this book. Writing a book is no small feat. This is your soul. This is your everything. Yeah. Like, And so far I'm enjoying it. So guys, please get this book read it even if it's just for entertainment value trust me the stories in here are so good it's yummy you will not you will give up netflix for the weekend to, to read this thing trust me so get it please where can they get the book exclusive books mm -hmm. bargain books if you're still lazy or you're scared to go out take a lot has copies and loot.co.za i love it she says they were told to never speak now they have to yeah that's powerful. Thank you so much for coming thank on you, this podcast. Thank you. Thank I wish you, you all you, the best you. with this book. I'm coming to your launch. Yes. I can't wait. Please keep telling truths. Please keep telling stories. Please keep doing what you do because some of us, we are cheering you on. We thank see you. it and we need more. We need more of this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment, do all the good things that we do to make this podcast be seen and reached, you know, in different areas and by different people. Until next time, goodbye.